Oh, good morning, everybody. It is Cup Day. Woo-hoo! I love Cup Day. Look yeah. out. What do you got on today, Loz? Anything? <laughs> Any functions? Uh, can't remember. No? Something. Some work thing. It'll be good. All right. Yes. Morphville. Yes, that's the one. Come on, Loz. We've been promoting that all week and giving away tickets to it. You'll be no, but I just wasn't sure whether <coughs> I was going to be able to make it. I think I am going to go. All so right. It'll be good. Okay. Oh, what else have you got on on Cup Day? Oh, exhaustion. Really? Okay. <laughs> oh, what are you up to, Ruth? I'm going to the Alma. I've got to sit out there and make out I'm working and uh, <laughs> have a few beers and a few punts and talk to the punters and hopefully lots of people can back a winner for a change. Yeah, nice. What are you doing? It's... Uh, McGain's have got a big day at St. Francis Winery. Uh, they have like a thousand people down what, there. All buyers or who yeah, goes to this? Uh, all of their workers, staff and, and clients and friends and visitors. So That is a very big day. Yeah, they do it every year. Yeah. And they let you host it. Take over the whole winery. You're hosting. Well, kind of, yeah. What do you You're mean, not a celebrity kind of. tipster, are you? No, definitely not that. No, well, it's one of those, it's so big, I say, g'day everyone, how you going? And no one's listening and yeah. Yeah, whatever. And it's a bit like anyway, the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, so I just, I just put the microphone down and go and have a drink. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds like we've got a big day ahead. We've, we've got, uh, we've got a big sweep, sweep happening yeah. here today. You can win 500 bucks on Triple M. We're going to have take some callers, 24 people will get a horse and there's prizes for first, second, third and last. So we're going to have a big day there. Does last get the ton of manure? No, no. they get a Samba fire pack. Perfect oh, for your barbecue bad. this that's summer. That's actually pretty good. For $12 kids' meals, lock in the Lockleys Hotel. Hello, Adelaide. Triple M Breakfast with Rude Dits and Lies. Overnight news. Uh, something that will affect parents right around Adelaide. Teacher strike this Thursday. They've okay. said they're going to go ahead with it. Uh, they asked, I think, for 8.6% because that's what uh, CPI is at the moment. But, um, Rue, you are the economic expert of the three of us. <laughs> if we all ask for 8.6%, uh, doesn't that just run inflation way, way, way inflation out of control? Inflation goes up uh, and everyone probably goes So I understand broke. things have gone up and, and <laughs> CPI is 8 points. That doesn't mean automatically we can all just go, well, come nah, on, government, please give us 8.6%. But it's no. a negotiation, so you overshoot, don't yeah, you? Yeah, so they've been offered four. They've been offered 3.9 or four. So they're probably going to more next year. And then two more and next year. Yeah. So they've been offered increases over the next couple of years. But I can't seriously go to the bosses here right now and go, it's unfair, CPI, I want 8.6%. The only it doesn't work that way. do that as if you thought you were underpaid beforehand. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone gets should get CPI every year up to 3 or 4%, but, um, you know, 8% seems like a big ask. Mm. Uh, so, and I want to stress again, I, I think our teachers have to be well paid. Yeah, they like do. Real, they should be really looked after. And at the moment, we're struggling to get teachers. I understand that part of it, mm. but I don't think it's sensible to just go, no, nah, we want 8.6% and we're not budging. Yep. I think they'll budge. They'll just need a little bit well, more. Well, not so far. Yeah. Well, the we'll teachers will budge or the government will budge? I think, I think they're probably overshooting and then, you know, like you're doing a negotiation, they want to creep it up as high as they can get it, but they're just I mean, not quite happy yet. Yeah. Mm. Right. Are the rates going to go up today, by the well, way? Well, they're saying it's about a 60, 60, 70% chance of going up. So whether they'll go up 0.25 or whether they'll go up 0.1, um, we'll wait and see. But everyone's expecting it because the inflation numbers last week were a bit poor. There's actually yeah. people still out there spending. Yeah. Not just on fuel, not just on electricity, not just on things outside our control, but actual people out there spending money. So, mm. yeah. I think it's going to go up. Certainly not me. <laughs> you haven't been home for bloody a month. What do you mean? You've been out to Harvest Rock. You've been out to you go to the races today. That, that's how they measure it. Yeah. I had a go at you, by the way. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm spending heaps of money there, though. I get free stuff, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs>
the award-winning Laura Callahan. I don't, I don't pay. I'm kidding. I'm joking. We're all a bit guilty. Yeah, there. <laughs> no. Wow. We're all just trying to no, survive. Yeah, but you it's not. Got a bit of fun in between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've heard of babies named Sydney. You've heard of babies named Adelaide. Well, yeah. an American couple have had triplets, and this is what they've gone with for baby C. The name of baby C is Brisbane Lee. Brisbane. I lived in Brisbane, Australia for Ooh. six months, and it just meant a lot to me, and I jokingly said the name Brisbane yeah, once. I don't annoying. think it's a name, yeah. but we're making it a name. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, Brisbane, that's kind of cool. Like, Briz for short. No. Briz. Brisbane I'm not shop. sure about that. Yeah. Of all the cities, I'd probably go with Perth before Brisbane, to be honest. Oh, really? Go someone Perth. <laughs> this is Baby D, Don't and call he's them Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> I think Adelaide's all right. That's good. Darwin's a real name as well. Darwin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah people have been called Darwin. Charles Darwin is a Surname, famous. Not first name, is it? Oh, I reckon you could have a first name, Darwin. 04885 Winnie for short. We got Winnie. That's cute. Mm. Or Dara. You know, depending. <laughs> hey, what about the cops yesterday? They had a bad day. The Star Force and organised crime went down to uh, uh, go in and bust into a house that they th- uh, suspected of growing dope, and they went into the wrong house. Heavily armed and ready to raid, Star Group and Drug Squad officers converge on a western suburb's home, driving straight through the gate and smashing in the front door, looking for a cannabis crop. But they soon discovered they were at the wrong house. The house that they raided first was not the house that they actually needed to go into. So that was scary for those people. And they bashed through the gate. They went through in their big black cruisers and uh, smashed the gate over, then smashed the front door. And it was a nice house. So they'll be nice and peeved, those people. And then they said, there's no weed here. There's nothing. We've got the wrong house. They went next door. 52 dope plants, so they must have had the whole house, buddy, it's, set up. There's someone who's made a mistake here. Oh, someone's yeah. given someone's had a massive address. weekend, <laughs> or someone was looking over the Melbourne Cup field, and yeah. got the numbers wrong, <laughs> and uh, sent the cops to the wrong bloody what house. What a doozy. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. A bit of explaining. So if you guys are on a plane, and it's maybe like Adelaide to Sydney or whatever, mm-hmm. are you reclining your chair? Never. Yeah, I'll do it if I feel do like you? it. Do you? Well, that's what it's there for. <laughs> yeah, but come on. Let's talk unwritten rules. Like we were talking about cricket before. Things yeah. that just shouldn't it's happen. Not there's not an unwritten rule. There's not enough room. We all know you can recline you your chair. There's not enough room. Oh, I feel there like is there not is enough, enough room. room. No, there's not. Uh, how long are your? How far are your knees sticking out? Just normal, I think. I'm, I'm not that tall, but if someone puts their chair back, I, I'm really scrunched up and haven't got any room to do anything. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, I feel Why like... do they do it then? Why do they have them on planes if, you can't, if you're not allowed to do it? Well, it's a mystery. I don't know why. But I feel like if, <laughs> if, you, if someone in front of you reclines, yeah. then all you have to do to make up the room is just recline yourself. And then oh, on hang and on, on, hang on. So the one person effect. on the plane yeah. wants to recline. Everyone on the plane recline because that one person up there wants to recline. You we all have to then. You do haven't travelled with a footy team then, did you? I just want to s- <laughs> sit up normally. But that one person wants to recline, all of us domino effect have to recline. Yeah, and then so everyone we've all gets got to room. sit back properly in their seat. It's great. It's not sitting back properly. It's nice. It's much better. Yeah, I, I like hate it. the upright I like seat. A bit of Selfish. A Look, I, if I in sit up recline. too straight, uh, then I can't sleep. I fall forward. My head bobs so, down. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You have <laughs> yeah. to get 
just a little bit of selfish people. You yeah, know. I imagine we are. But listen, you know what? I think the the real enemy here is the airlines making planes so small and overpacked that we're fighting with each other over a two inch recline. You know, that's we should be able to sit back in our seat. Without it being a problem. I now have to pull those things in, you know, in your back seat, how you pull your wings in and to so yeah. your, yeah. your neck can't pull have... it. Yeah, what? yeah, they do. They've had them. Yeah, either ages. side of your head now, yeah. you can pull a little wing out that you can lean on. I I have a um, collection of donut rings that yeah, I do not carry oh, on a pillow oh, on a plane. Oh, I take a donut pillow every you time. Loser. Oh, I love it. I don't even care. I'm wearing it in the airport. Oh. It's got a little buckle on it so you can clip it shut Loz, and it just holds Loz. it This is a discussion Loz, for another day. That is day. the biggest ick. You, you talk about icks. <laughs> I do not care in the slightest. Yes, you do. You uh, talk about seriously? icks all the time. Yeah. yeah, well. When they're reversed back at you, you go, oh, I don't care. I'm icking it up on the plane. <laughs> I'm icking it up. I'm reclining Rue, and I've got I the donut get, pillow. We're going to go to the news. I want people on the text line here. Yeah. Recline or not. Mm. It, it, you can't recline on planes. It's just not well, right. Last time I did it, it worked. Right. You like, can't recline. And you're selfish. I don't reckon you can wear pillows around your neck either. Nah. <laughs> I'm reclining with a pillow. Oh. Uh, 7.23, Rudits and Loz on oh, Triple M. You and Loz and a little bit of me had an argument about recline or not reclining on aeroplanes. Uh, the text line has gone off. I'm with Dits. It's tight enough between these seats on a plane now without some rude bastard reclining their Thank seat. Uh, next text. Hi, you've paid for your seat like everyone else, so you should be able to recline if you want to get comfortable. Uh, reclining is unfair. This is the next one on the person in the very back row because they can't recline <laughs> right. down the back of the plane. Yep. Uh, another one with you, Dits. No, no, no. You can recline if you want. That's fine. There's a lot of lot of up and back. What else we got? I can't recline because I'm a basketball player and I'm seven foot tall. Um, there's a lot up and down, Dits. So, uh, so and this one says recline and snooze. Mm. All right, that's what they like to okay. do. So get on board. We've got our Hike for Hope coming up where we're attempting to raise a lot of money uh, in conjunction with the Little Heroes Foundation. We're focusing on childhood dementia. Renee is with us this morning. Good morning, Renee. Good morning. Uh, rather than me or us talk all about this, I want you to just tell us your story. You've got three children. Please explain the affliction they've got. Sure. So I have ch- three children. My eldest is nine next month. I have a daughter who's seven and a five-year-old son. Uh, they all have a condition called Neiman Pick Type C1, which falls under the umbrella term of childhood dementia. How are you made aware of this? And, and explain, I know it's a long uh, question and answer, but why all three? Sure. So um, I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and I was pregnant with my youngest. Yep. And I had a growth scan at 28 weeks at Flinders where they found he had ascites in his stomach, which is basically fluid inside his abdomen. They told me that's not compatible with life. You need to go to Women's and Children's tomorrow, which I did. Had a bit of a thorough scan. Women's and Children's said, you're 28 weeks pregnant. This is a serious issue. The best we can do is an amniocentesis where they take the fluid um, and test it just for any genetic abnormalities. We did that and it came back with nothing. We kept going back every week for the next 10 weeks, having scans. Slowly, the ascites in my son's stomach was going down, but his liver and his spleen and his heart were working overtime just to get rid of it and sort of process it out of his body. Um, Made it to 38 weeks pregnant and it got induced. 
where they prepared me that he probably would be stillborn. He wasn't. He was born perfectly healthy, looking exactly like his big brother, just with a little bit of a swollen tummy. We spent a week in there when they ran as many tests as they could. All they could find was his liver functions were elevated. He was hitting all the milestones that he could. He was trying to walk. He was doing all the things. And um, at eight months old, they said to me, if this was nothing, his liver functions would be stable by now. His stomach would have gone down. So we're going to do a gene panel just to find out if we can see any reason for this. They did a gene panel and he came back positive for a condition, Neiman Pick type C1. Got told it's a terminal condition. Um, it's a recessive gene from myself and my children's father, which gave us a one in four chance of having a child with the, this condition. Take him home, love him, makes memories. There's no treatment, there's no cure go on your way sort of thing. Um, How long ago was that? So that was when he was eight months old, so 2019. Right. Do you remember that day and and what you went through and and how you coped with it? Yeah. I had this news and I also had this baby on my hip that Mm. was looking at me with his big blue eyes and he was smiling and he was, you know, trying to interact and grab things. And, of course, I walked out of the doctor's office in shock and I got straight onto Google and read all these horrific symptoms and basically that children with this condition um, don't really live to their 20s, depending on when you get the diagnosis, but it's rare. I had to go home with all my three children and just deal with that knowledge and life's never been the same since. How do you get through? What's, how have the kids been going since 2019? What's happened? Sure. So a couple of months after my youngest was diagnosed, I had enough of worrying all the time about my older two. So I got them blood tested just so that I could know that they didn't have it. They both came back positive as well. So, so you had a one in four chance of the first one and then, and you got all three, all three, three out of three. Um, so I hadn't even heard of this issue before. And I guess you probably hadn't either. No, I hadn't, and it was so confusing to get this. Your children are terminally ill, but they were totally fine. You know, there was no worrying signs at all at that stage. Um, How often does this happen? So it's very rare. Um, The condition that my children have, we're the only kids in the state Mm. with, but there's 70 different types of conditions that fall under the childhood dementia umbrella. Yeah. So it is more common when you look at it like that. Yeah. I don't know how to frame this question, but if a child has cancer, it's a devastating thing, but we know that they can go to a hospital and get treatment and let's hope there's a positive outcome. You were told, don't Google it, there's nothing we can do. That's just, a, that's just the worst roadblock or brick wall you could ever possibly run into. Yeah, absolutely. And meanwhile, you know, I had these children, there was nothing wrong with them. They were active, they were playing sports, they were at school, you know, they had friends, they, there was no, nothing that showed me this could be true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had to deal with, I guess, the denial, which I still wrestle with. I guess that was the first time in my life where there wasn't somebody to call, there wasn't a doctor or, a, you know, yeah. someone I could say, hey, I need some help, and yeah. there was nobody who could help All me. All of us when we get sick have that uh, fallback, don't we? We ring a doctor and we think, yeah. oh, when a day I'll be fixed, I'll be right. Yeah. And to have no end in sight, that mm-hmm. would be the worst possible thing that I think you must be going through. How have you explained it to your kids or have you explained it to your kids? I have not explained it to my kids. So 
I guess the only good thing about them all having this condition is the way we live our life when we go to all the doctors and, you know, all the appointments, they don't know any different. They don't know that not everybody does that. Okay. Um, And I guess my view is that my children, you know, all children, they think they're the fastest, they're Mm. the strongest, you know, and I don't want to be the one to burst their bubble and say, Mm. actually, no, there's something wrong. Um, It's hard enough, I think, for an adult to wrap their head around, let Mm. alone... Mm children and let alone knowing that's going to happen to yourself and your brother and your sister and it's just way too much I don't. So there's about 70 kids you said die and pass away with childhood dementia and maybe a hundred in cancer a year what sort of there's a heap of money that gets raised for cancer I'm led to believe it's about 40 or 50 million dollars a year is there much research and money thrown at childhood dementia? Nowhere near close what cancer gets. Um, It's very rare for me to be able to go anywhere and speak about childhood dementia and people have any idea what it's about or Mm. have ever heard of it or know that it affects children. Why is it kept so quiet? Why why do not many people know about it? If, if, you know, the amount of kids that are catching it or, or getting it diagnosed with it is not dissimilar to those of cancer. I guess that it's only really recent that it's been looked at as childhood dementia and this umbrella with the 70 different conditions. Mm. So instead of thinking like there's one kid with this and there's two kids with that, there's, you know, there's mm. this many kids with this childhood dementia. So we're really at the beginning of recognising it in the same way as all childhood cancers are recognised under an umbrella. So what I've read about it, um, is that over time, it can take months or years, children will lose the ability to read, write, talk, walk, play, those types of things. Are you at that stage yet? Is there, have you, are you seeing any signs? Um, there is some signs with my eldest now. So when he was diagnosed at four, just purely by blood test, there was nothing. Um, he, like I said, he's nearly nine now. He's very far behind in school. He can't read. He can't write. He has lost some function of his eyes. So he finds it hard to maintain eye contact or read across a page. He has a lot of repetition in what he says. He is not as strong as a regular nine-year-old. He's quite a tall boy, but he fatigues quickly. Um, I guess, yeah, like I said, he's nearly nine and the life expectancy of children with Neiman Pick is generally about 18. So... How are you holding up, Renee? Because this just sounds like a story that's bloody hard to cope with. It is hard to cope with. It's definitely a different direction that life's taken me. Um, but as much as they're my weakness, they're also my strength. Mm. And I get up every day for my kids. Yep. Because that's you don't have a choice in the matter. And they don't deserve a mum that's, you no. know, can't. You got some support though? I do have some support. I have great support from Little Heroes Foundation. I'm very thankful to have my family support, Childhood Dementia Initiative. Um, otherwise, I am on my own with the children, so it's um, mm. yeah, it's a big big job. Bloody hell, Dits, we need to try and do something, don't we? Yeah, raise some money for Hike for Hope and try and help little heroes and try and help you, Renee. That's a story that's bloody too hard to cop, but uh, I admire what you're doing. I admire how you're holding up and even talking to us today. I don't know how you're doing that, but... Uh, we're going to do our best to try and raise some awareness, Dits, and try and raise some money for such a good cause. Thanks for talking about it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
If you can't remember the last time you had your brakes checked, it's been too long. Call 1300 Auto Masters. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? Your rumour file's been on the money a few times. Oh, hey. <laughs> Every morning at 7.40am, hear what's happening in Adelaide. First, mm. the rumour mill. Before we get to the room, I just had a text bob up from Christine from Corolla Park. She said, what a heartbreaking story about Renee earlier. Just want to uh, put $100 towards trying to send them on a holiday somewhere. So mm. thanks, Christine. I'm sure we're going to take a lot of money and a lot of donations from a lot of people, uh, but we appreciate yours coming through straight away. It's about our hike for hope. And Renee, yeah. uh, we're talking childhood dementia. Renee's got three children under nine, all suffering. With mm. childhood dementia. Head to triple yeah. if you want to donate. All right, one triple three five three. It's rumor time right now. Uh, we've got an anonymous caller on the line. Hello, what is your rumor? Yeah, good day. Um, uh, regarding uh, Connor Rosie, um, most likely to get a five year extension very shortly. Yep. On his is due to. I think he's got one more year left. So it'll be, and he'll be probably the highest paid player at Port, in Port Adelaide's history. All right. So. Also, most likely captain, yes. and Zach Butters probably won't be too far behind as well mm. as now, vice captain. If you listen to our six thirty news this morning, we did allude to this. Now, I'm not stealing your thunder, but we actually mentioned oh, it. I so you sound it. no, that's all right. But you sound as though you know a little bit more than what we do. How do you know this? Oh, I just a uh, little birdie told me. Okay, what you know, someone or you, you didn't see uh, it online yeah, yesterday? Heard, well, I heard it on the heard it on the grapevine. Okay. Yeah, good grapevine. I think so. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, funnily enough, uh, he's rung in with that. We did mention it at 6.30. There is something happening. We think it'll be the biggest ever Port Adelaide contract, we think. Mm. So big news there. Now, a little bit of other football news. Oh, it would have to be at least, wouldn't it, with the the, the market at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. What's the second biggest contract at Port other than that? Uh, No one knows because they're not out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, who knows? I mean, you're thinking of names like Warren Treadray or Robbie Gray. Way past that now because of the... Salary increase, so yeah. Higher. So maybe Robbie Gray would have been the last. No, I reckon mm, biggest. Come back to you. I'll you got any other names that. for me? Well, uh, Zach Butter signed a two-year deal a couple of years ago. He's been yeah. solid. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, Port Adelaide and the Crows. Holly Wines, I would say. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Tick okay. After the brown line. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Port and the Crows. What's happening? You know, with the story last week of Port Adelaide wanting to leave the SNFL, Loz. I know you're interested in this. Oh, um, yeah. Um, Don't stop. I'm Tell led to believe this will greatly affect the future of TV coverage in this town. So it I've turns the out, SNFL. yeah. So Channel Seven cover the SNFL right mm. now. My mail is that part of the agreement is that Port Adelaide and the Crows have to be in the SNFL for that deal to continue. Ooh. So if Port Adelaide pull out and then in turn the Crows pull out, that jeopardises TV coverage moving forward. Now, personally, I, I actually like sitting on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon watching the SNFL. I enjoy it. Yeah, but, if you don't have it on TV, important. it drops off. It's very important in, in for the, the SNFL. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So uh, I'm just raising the question this morning. If those two clubs pull out, yep. does that effectively uh, or re- well, does it affect it the TV? It makes it harder for the mm. SNFL to be relevant, yeah, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. I do not associate the Star Force with making mistakes. They just come across like a supremely well-organised outfit, super fit. 
uh, you know, they're dealing with the toughest crooks going around. They're in the toughest mm. situations going around. But they had a bit of a mishap yesterday. Heavily armed and ready to raid, Star Group and Drug Squad officers converge on a western suburb's home, driving straight through the gate and smashing in the front door, looking for a cannabis crop. But they soon discovered they were at the wrong house. The house that they raided first was not the house that they actually needed to go into. So that was scary for those people. Who <laughs> was in charge of the address and the GPS? He was looking at the form guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. You can't. Or it had a massive that. weekend yesterday. Yeah, oh. I think it was 18 or maybe it was 20. But the house oh. they smacked in, they went straight through the gates, they smashed in the front door. It was a beautiful house at Seton. Uh, but they were only out Bloody by Bloody Deidre sitting on the house. couch having a cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. What? Yep. Well, um, only out by one house is just a bit too much, though, isn't it? And then they know? finally got to the house next door and it did have 50-odd dope plants <laughs> growing oh. in it. Would have been like a bloody jungle yeah. in there. Wouldn't have had any room to sleep in there. But uh, anyway, they finally got the right house after having a bit of a mishap. But It happens, though, showing up to the wrong house. Yeah. It, it can definitely happen. A weird one happened to my parents back in the day. Dad was a, a lecturer at, at uni at the time and he had a student who was like a PhD student marking his assignments with him. So mm. he would drop them off. It was back before sort of email or anything. You'd drop mm. them off and pick them up. Anyway, went to go pick up the assignments or drop them off at this kid's house. It's like 21-year-old kid. And he knocked on the door and a bloke opened the door and he said, oh, is, is John here? I've, I've got to drop something. He goes, John. And he said his full name and he goes, yeah. He goes, that's my son, but he lives in another suburb. And dad went, what? So it turns out that this kid, he lived in the same street name, but in a completely different suburb oh. to his parents. And dad has, for some reason, looked up in the, the book, you know. Yeah. Yellow pages. Yellow White pages, pages. And he's gone to Athelston instead of Newton. Oh. And he goes, it's weird because you've come to his parents' house, but it's a different. So the guy just, he goes, just leave him here. He'll be so here tomorrow. Kid, and the parents live in the same street in different suburbs. In different suburbs, right? Which was weird enough, but the fact that dad actually went to the wrong suburb and went and well, yeah. met the you got dad. more chances of backing the Melbourne Cup winner than that oh, happening it's last so today. Weird. <laughs> so weird. Now, Tom Rockliffe, who's a pest, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. invited me, it was about 12 months ago, invited me around for dinner, mm. and he thought it would be funny to send me to the wrong house. <laughs> so, oh, house. Where did you rock up? I was at a, he, no, he deliberately gave me the wrong number. Yeah, I went to the right street. Go to? Some old bloke. And I'm knocking on the door <laughs> <laughs> with a bottle of wine. Yeah. And I'm standing there. <laughs> and stupid Rockliffe is down the road filming all of this on his phone, oh, watching it and laughing. Oh, no. So, yeah, he thought that was amusing to send me to the wrong house. Marjorie uh, Christie, uh, Miles here with a bottle of wine. <laughs> Talking about when did you get the wrong house after the Star Force went to the wrong house down at Seton yesterday and smashed through the gate in the front door looking for dope. And uh, that was next door. There were 50 year old plants in the next door house. Let's go to Flagstaff Hill. G'day, Therese. Yeah, g'day. How are you going? What happened to you? Well, I was living in a group house and we had a mate who was a taxi driver and um, he lived sort of one side of town and we lived the other side. So if at two or three o'clock in the morning or when it was really slow, he didn't have anything to do. He knew where our spare key was. We used to let him come around and make a coffee, watch telly, no such thing as the internet then. So he couldn't cruise his phone. Well, anyway, we moved out and Max didn't realise. <laughs> oh, my God. Forgotten. So Max goes around there one morning at 3 o'clock, found the spare key, which the new owners didn't know was there. <laughs> and oh, no. Let himself in and as he's going around the kitchen going, 
They've moved all the cups oh, with right. the bloody tea and coffee. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and the new owner comes out. Who the bloody hell are you? Oh, good story, Therese. Oh, yeah. Lockley's. Hello, Russell. What happened to you? Yeah, good morning, lads. Um, and, like, oh, <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. good on you, Russell. <laughs> you got there, mate. I did remember. Yes, you did. <laughs> anyway, um, we were rocked up to our, uh, we were going to a party at uh, a friend's place in Salisbury North, and we've seen all these cars, and we just, Rocked up, knocked on the door, half a dozen beers under the hand, you know, and uh, had the dog and everything. So we've all walked this, knocked on the door, some dudes let us in. So we walked out the back and then we're looking around going, we don't recognise any of these people here. <laughs> Everyone looks at us and we go, ah, oh, sorry, I think uh, we might be in the wrong house. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky there wasn't any funny business going on there, Russ. That would have been a bit awkward. Yeah. Uh, we'll get right. Daryl back on the line. Uh, Daryl, you got a better line? Uh, it wasn't me. It was a guy I worked with. Uh, he rocked up to this house first thing in the morning. A little old lady answers the door. And uh, he says, I'm here to redo your bathroom. No worries. Let's him in. And he completely destroys the bathroom, rips the concrete and everything up. But later that day, the boss rocked up and uh, he says, uh, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm doing the bathroom, like you told me. There's no, it's actually next door. Oh, oh no. no! Oh, God. <clears throat> Tell me he finished the job for that poor woman. <laughs> He'd have to. Yeah. Andrew, oh. Hallett Cove, what happened to you? Yeah, the wife and I were down at Semaphore just going for a drive, and there was a, a house open for inspection. So, oh, well, we might as well go and have a look. So I pulled over and uh, walked in, just walked straight through the front door, and there was a couple watching TV. <laughs> And we're sort of wandering around the lounge and having a look at And the fellow says, can I help you? I said, yeah, we're just, you know, for the open. He says, it's across the road, mate. Oh, no. Did you, did you make him an offer? <laughs> yeah, well, I should have. <laughs> oh, how can you put the signs up wrong? Oh, Naughty no. little real estate agent. Shocking. Yeah, all right. What do you yeah. reckon? Did we like, did we yeah, like Therese? I like Therese. Uh, yeah, Therese. He's got a Premiership Cup. And the Tigers win the Grand Final. And now he wants the Melbourne Cup. Please welcome two-time Premiership Richmond player. 60 metre ball to goal. Graham's got it. And horse owner, Jack Graham. Rue, you and I have been lucky enough to win what you would call some minor races. And the excitement factor is was enormous. And it often made me think, gee, if I'm this excited here like at Port Lincoln or something, what would it be like? to win something like a Melbourne Cup or be in a Melbourne Cup. Mm. Well, let's find out from a lad who's got a very good chance. South Australia's Jack Graham. How are you, Jack? How are you, guys? How are we going? Yeah, good. good you got mate. your suit on already? Uh, no, not, not just yet, but I've been up since about 4 o'clock. I, I couldn't <laughs> sleep last night. Solcom, you are a part owner in it. It's one of the favourites or one of the more fancied runners for the Cup. Tell me, Jack, what would it mean? Uh, you've won premierships in the AFL or win a Melbourne Cup. What do you think? How does it compare? Oh, well, it's, it's completely different because on game day, you know, in a footy match, you can kind of control, um, you know, give a rev, rev up speech or, um, you know, throw your body on the line. But it's all up to the horse today. So he might have to whisper in its ear and G it up. But um, no, it's going to be an exciting day and, and can't wait. I'm kind of fascinated. How does one actually own a horse? Like, how do you buy a race? Was it like online shopping? Like, how does that happen? Uh, just a, a good mate of ours, John O'Neill, um, over in Melbourne. Um, he loves his horse racing, and a few of us boys are pretty keen. Um, we don't mind a punt, so every now and then when a, 
a one that he likes comes across, he just might offer, you know, a percentage and um yeah. Add to yeah, cart. Six, <laughs> so, yeah, six, <laughs> six of us boys in it. So um yeah. Jack, yeah, if, uh, you forgot one part of the answer there. Loz said, How do you own a horse? Basically you have too many beers one day and yeah, you say right. yes. Yeah, that's usually okay. right. Hey, that what, I understand. Yeah, yeah. What will you do <laughs> if you win the Melbourne Cup? Tell us who's involved in the in your share for starters from the Richmond boys and what will you get up to later on today if you have actually win? Um, yeah, so in the share, in the punt road end, it's called, uh, we've got Jack Rewalt, uh, Tom Lynch, Nathan Holy Broad, hell. Liam Baker, uh, and Jaden Short. So, okay. uh, yeah, six of us, um, which is good. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually a little bit nervous in case we do win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you're not training at the moment. Jack's retired. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's the trouble. I think Jack will want to keep carrying on. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, nah, it's going to be an exciting day, and yeah, look out in, in case we do win. So, where are you all watching from today? Ah, uh, no, we'll we'll be going to the track. So, a few of the boys are coming here um, in an hour or so for a few breakfast beers to settle the nerves. <laughs> oh, mate. And then, um, yeah, Rocket we'll watch field. it in in well, the uh, in the mounting yard. You got nice. one of the best trainers in Australia, Chris Waller, training it. What's he said to you, boys? What's he fair dinkum said about today's chances? Uh, he's, he's confident. Um, obviously it's last few runs. It's, it's missed the start, which, um, doesn't help. Um, normally he misses it, uh, by one or two and then can, can make ground. But unfortunately in the Caulfield cup, he missed it by four or five. So that, that hurt him. So today, if he, if he jumps well, we'll cop the, the one or two lengths if he misses that. But, um, I think Waller's done everything he can, and, and we've got the magic man on him, Joe Moreira, to, well, to get him out of the barrier. I was going to ask you about that. For people that don't follow racing, this uh, fellow Moreira, Loz, he wins all over the world. Mm. He, he's a freak, this bloke, and they do call him the magic man. He travels all around the globe winning races. Do you get the chance, do you think, in the mounting yard to whisper in his ear? A lot of owners <laughs> like to get in and tell the jockey what to do, don't they? You're going to have a chat beforehand. Uh, we'll go down and, you know, listen to how Waller wants him to ride him and all that, but, um, yeah, I don't think we can say too much uh, like I said, we've only got a, a small share in him. Um, we'll let a few of the, the big dogs um, <laughs> jump in if they want to. <laughs> All right, Jack. Yeah, good on you, mate. Very, very exciting. As I said, just to get a horse to the track, for those of us that go to the races, it is very exciting. What you're going through today right. is just a one-in-a-million chance, mate. Enjoy it, and good luck. We hope you win. Thanks, guys. Have a great day, and, and go Sulcum. Yeah, good on you, Jack. Go good luck, there. mate. How He's good a, would that yeah. be? Yeah. It would be unbelievable to even get a horse in the race, let alone uh, win it. But good luck to him. That's what dreams are made of. That's what all uh, you know people who buy horses dream about. Yeah, good South Australian lad, Jack. Great he really lad. is. Jack Graham. Earlier this morning in our rumour file, mentioned uh, someone had texted in and told us that with Port Adelaide threatening to leave the SRNFL, uh, and then if the Crows do as well, it would jeopardise the TV rights moving forward. Uh, our listener was saying that both clubs have to be in the SRNFL for Channel 7 to continue with the rights. Darren Chandler is the CEO of the SRNFL and he's called in. Chans, thanks for calling in. What would you like to say in response? Uh, good morning. Um, I can absolutely guarantee that there's nothing in our agreement with Channel 7 that requires the two AFL clubs to be in the competition. Okay. Um, so uh, I signed the deal. I know what's in there. <laughs> Fair and, uh, enough. <laughs> <laughs> Guarantee that's not the case. Uh, the most important thing for Channel 7 is um, 
the number of people watching it and the, and the share of audience. And I can tell you that the share of audience last year was um, over 36% of all viewers on a, on a uh, match day right. uh, were watching Sandwood Footy, absolutely smashing the other channels. So okay. um, Channel 7 are pretty happy with uh, what's happening at the moment and um, we'll uh, do everything we possibly can to keep that going. All, all right. right, great news, now, Chance. So, and, we're, and Chance, by the way, we're, we're happy to point this out. Obviously, we want to be right and we want to be correct. So 100% incorrect our rumour today. Thanks very much. You're absolutely right. All right. <laughs> Good on you, Thanks for calling in. Thank you. There you go. We went all the way to the top, the CEO yeah. of the SNFL, uh, Darren Chandler. Yeah, we were wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to racehorses. Hopefully we right, right, right there. Damien Oliver is trying to win his fourth Melbourne Cup. Oh, four would be unreal to go out in my last year winning a cup would be a dream come true. Alan Kerr, now it had to pass a test this morning, Ru. Mm, yeah. uh, had a, a bit of a leg problem, I believe, yeah. but it has been passed fit to run. Yeah, we had Jack Graham on, who owns Sulcombe, that's a big chance. I think Gold Trip's a big chance. Bruce McAvaney's tipping without a fight. Just about everyone's got half a chance. Mm. But uh, we've got some more uh, sweep names to come out a little bit later on where you can win just by ringing in on one triple three five three. We're doing that next, in fact. AFLW this weekend, the Crows take on Brisbane at Nord Oval in a qualifying final. Final at 2.35. Uh, the Crows only been been beaten once this year. That was by Brisbane up in Brisbane. Brisbane got a couple of injuries. Adelaide gets everyone back. I reckon they're cherry ripe for a big win. Tia Charlton thinks they'll go all right as well. Finals series is just a whole nother game. So, yeah, I guess you have to have confidence going into finals. But, yeah, I think you just need to find that another level within yourself. And hopefully every person walking out there crosses that line and fires, finds that next level. Going as good as they've ever gone, the Crows girls. They're on fire. At what the about moment. their eight years in the competition? Phenomenal record, isn't Incredible. it? Well, they win, Peter Malinowski said they are our most successful sporting team it's yeah. be in South Australia. Talking dynasties if they haven't right. won this, aren't they, Dits? Yeah. Hey, World Cup cricket, Glenn Maxwell, Mitch Marsh returned for Australia tonight, and that's important. So we're on a winning streak. We need to keep it going. Yep, and we know that Connor Rosie, there's a bit of rumour around that he might be signing a long-term contract down at Port Adelaide. That'd be great news for Connor, great news for Port Adelaide. And everyone, Wayne Miller has got in, uh, married. He eloped on the weekend as well, Wayne, and he's... Uh, his partner, Nina. whose name is Nina. Uh, congratulations to those guys. And that is it for sport. On Triple M Breakfast with Rue Dits and Loz, I need the tip. it's the Melbourne Cup Sweep. And away they go. And away they go. Now, what are the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't have to sound like a race caller. Sorry. Right, 500 bucks for first place. about it. Second is Robbie Williams tickets to the Adelaide Velo 500. Third place is Red Hot Summer Tour tickets as well. And last place, if you come last, you still yep. win a $100 Samba Fire Pack. Oh, good. One yeah. triple three five three. Give us a buzz if you want to get a horse in the Melbourne Cup Sweep here at... Triple M. Yep, that's what we're doing right now. It's Reed It's and Laws for your Tuesday on Triple M. For seniors' lunch specials seven days a week, lock in the Lockleys Hotel. Triple M. Get out your Zimmer frames, chuck on a cardi, comb your hair over and crank up the tranny. The grumpy guy story's starting to come into focus a little bit here. On Triple M Breakfast with Rue Dits and Laws, it's time for Grumpy Old Man. Yeah, it is the Grumpy Old Man. It's going to be hot this week. Not sure how they're going to survive. We've got Praddy the old farmer. He loved a bit of sunburn back in the day. Reedy's had uh, about 400 stitches in his head from sunburn. Haven't you? And uh, Tony Franz on all the way back from Paris, Franz. How did it go over there? Oh, no, very good, mate. Uh, Rugby World Cup. Today is Melbourne Cup Day. Now, you've been around a little bit longer than most of us. Uh, 
bloody hard to pick out the winner. What do you do? How do you go about it on Melbourne Cup Day, Reedy? We're probably not asking the right bloke who's back one winner in 70-odd years. So <laughs> not, uh, not great odds, but uh, I, I've, I've gone the way I, I study hard and pick my top 12. 12? Top 12. That's half the field. <laughs> Gee. And then I back something from the other half. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just study, just study That's a good idea. <laughs> it is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. What about you, Praddy? Have you got any idea at all how no. to... And, and and I put this to you gurus there. I just looked at the last 10 winners, mm. um, last 10 years. So you, you tell me, uh, and you, you're on the part of you, uh, how many would have got Gold Trip, Very Elegant, Twilight Payment, no one would have got Prince of Penzance. I mean, have no. you ever backed, a, ever backed a winner from the... Yeah. From the it's the hardest day of the bet for the year. I think only two favourites have won out of the last 10, so yeah. better no. off pulling it out of one pocket I'm, and put no, it in the I'm other. Back- Park of the course and someone to get pissed and go home in an Uber. <laughs> France, uh, you've got a few pubs. Have you ever picked up any good tricks? Oh, look, um, shocking punter. Um, I rely on um, so-called experts like yourself, Rue, oh, and yeah. um, no one's ever delivered on Melbourne Cup. <laughs> no, so, no. Um, no, no idea. Just have there a fun go. day uh, by the sounds. Of what's irking you boys at the moment, Reedy? Are you getting irked? Yeah, mate, look, what, what about when you're driving down the street and you see some petrols a little bit cheaper, so you stop, think I'll fill up while this is down a few cents. You get in, you go in to pay, and you're in a line of about six, and they're getting donuts, hot chocolate, <laughs> <laughs> cheeseburger. Yeah. The, coffee's, coffee. the coffee's the worst. Yeah, they order coffees. I, I could have gone to the Middle East and got my bloody petrol. <laughs> you know, like, oh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, you can get everything but petrol at a yeah. petrol yeah. station. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. What about you, Praddy? Well, my irk is from the champion A Triple C Guru Reedy. Did you get the photo I sent you of the Cotties? Yeah, yeah, saw that, mate. Then that's right. spot on. So um, the jam so jars are shrinking, are they, Praddy? They were five hundred gram jars. They've now gone down to three hundred and seventy-five gram, um, dearer and smaller. So it's a disgrace. Mm. Um, and I think the Prime Minister should do something about it. Cotty's jams. Friends, what's irking you? Well, I, I want you to contact um, uh, Premier Pete and Hotel Rashid and ask him, can they hold an event other than the Eastern Parklands at any time? <laughs> oh, you're not going to whinge about the traffic. Oh. Uh, like, how many more roads can we keep shutting down this side of Christmas? Oh, and then going to the friends nah. and whatever. Okay, so Come go somewhere on. else. Dump him. <laughs> well, where do you want it? Oh, West, West have parklands, don't they? Don't they have some at South, South Terrace? <laughs> Jesus, oh, can they go another bloody area? Listen, one? you people out in the East, you pay a lot more rates than us so you can get all these great events. Well, that's because it do not cost you any petrol. They're repaying you, you. You just got straight through roads. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, what's your thought oh. for the day, Praddy? Look, it's in respect of, uh, of um, the apprentices and the volunteers and the tradies um, and all of their um, um, sort of nicknames, but uh, and the plumbers are out there. And this one's for Cam and Marty. As you know, um, I've uh, had a house renovated. I just want you to uh, tell me which one of you blokes would be. They've got an hourly rate and invoice. $100 is a minimum rate for a plumber to come out. Yeah, I reckon that would be, yep. Yeah, $150 if you watch. So if you watch them fix it, they put, charge yeah. you 150. Yeah, that'd yeah. Be, yeah. 175 if you help mm. an hour. How many of you blokes are 200 dollars an hour if you work on it first? 
So if you've had a crack at it and then they come yeah. and try and fix it, they'll charge you 200 Yeah, that'll be right. And the best one is 250 if you tell me how to do my job. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I think that's right. Closing on a couple of nicknames, uh, which um, uh, this one's for the um, apprentice plumber. His nickname's Harvey Norman, three years, no interest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the last one for today, um, the nickname... Um, for the uh, chippy plumber is G-Spot. You can never find him. Oh. You can never find him. Oh, good right on you, boys. All right, enjoy Melbourne Cup Day. Hopefully you can have a bit of fun. And, and, that, not should, to do... and, and that should be in the top, Triple M top five, that stuff. Right. Uh, right. Sorry you don't pick that, Pratty. All right, have a great day, boys. There, the grumpy old man. See you, boys. See you, boys.